Sure. All right, so we got UNC and NC State here, it looks like. UNC's at NC State. Maybe, I'm not it's sure. Pre it's pretty fitting for today's episode. Make sure this is working. Let's watch. Let's turn the button. Okay. Okay. Looks like a a little top spin line drive hit pretty well into the old uh, slide and catch by UNC's left fielder. Was it left field? Yeah, it was pull side. It was righty. You need to watch it. Yeah, you need to watch it again. <laughs> Certainly wasn't the shortstop. But definitely not the shortstop. That's I'm left thinking, field. cameraman, I need a better angle on this one. You're an idiot. Left field seems probably right. That's a pretty smooth <laughs> catch. Oh, uh, so yeah, it was. So what's what's coach thinking here? Coach is probably thinking. Who? What's coach thinking? I tell you right what off I'm the thinking. Bat. All right, yeah, you go. <laughs> like. Um, praying that that ball doesn't go to the wall. Yeah, she makes a sliding catch. We're assuming left fielder here. She misses. Center fielder, by all means, should be there to back up. She misses. Yeah, yeah. Center fielder should be there to back up, but that but ball not was immediately. Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like because that that video was not. That was not a very long video, and that ball got from the infield to the outfield very quickly. Quick. So it was it was tattooed. She just didn't get very good extension through the ball and hit it with topspin, and that's why she called a sinking line drive in left field. But if she misses that ball, it's, it's game over. Like That girl's going to be on third base. Yeah, even with it being hit to left field. Yeah, minimum she's going to be on third base. Yeah, off the bat, so. I'm thinking <laughs> one right off the bat. How do we just give up the meaty pitch? That was a meaty pitch. Nice high mm. high ball. Nice, not good job on the pitching. Good job on the hitter to recognize the mistake there. But right off the bat, my reaction here you go. Here it is. Right off the bat, just immediate. <laughs> oh my god. Then, yeah, yeah, center field catches it. I'm thinking my pitcher better turn around and, and thank her very quickly. Oh, yeah, quicker yeah. than the ball you gotta, got out there. You got to turn around, tip your cap, thank you, because uh, you just threw one right down Broadway and said, yeah. Here you go, see yeah. what you can do with it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. She throws that ball, and I see that girl start swinging, and I'm like, "Oh my mm -hmm. goodness!" And Just as she tattoos it. A bomb. Yeah, she tattoos it in left field, and I'm like, "Please catch it! Please catch it! Or please just keep it in front. At a minimum, just keep it in front." And then after I see like her catch it, um, hey, uh, where was that? Just to make sure. 
that she missed the spot and it wasn't like she threw it where we called it. And <laughs> then we're not calling that bitch ever again. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, as a pitching coach, I'm definitely a little bit frustrated with that bitch. Oh yeah. Cuz that was that was not executed very well. But nevertheless, an outstanding slide and catch by UNC's left fielder right there. Yeah, super smooth too. Yeah. A lot of swag in that catch. A lot of swag. Right. Welcome back to Yellow Ball. I'm one of your hosts, Robbie. I'm the other host, Ashley. Ashley over there. I don't trying to hold down a burp, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Today, we're getting into the Atlantic Coast Conference, the old ACC, taking a deep dive into the ACC. Uh, Let's start out with the regular season, how that finished up. Uh, Let's see. Regular season, I got FSU at the top. Which makes sense as they were the runners up of the World Series. Right, right. Let me go on. And the number two was Duke. Blue Devils. Followed, yeah, followed by Clemson. Um, not really a surprise there last year. Those are the top three programs in the ACC. You maybe a little bit of surprise to see Clemson in, in that three spot, but like for those three teams to be in the top three, no surprise. Uh, as far as the tournament goes, uh, last year's tournament, again, not super surprising. You end up with a Florida State Duke finals or championship, and Florida State squeezes one out on Duke to take the crown. So yeah, nothing, nothing super surprising there. Yeah. I'd say the most surprising part, and it's still again, not surprising at the beginning of the season, I'm putting Clemson before Duke, but could have gone either way. So again, not super surprising. Yeah. Um, so why don't we go ahead and, and uh, touch on these top these the top three ACC teams here? We'll start out with Florida State. So last year, uh, they batted three hundred one, which is pretty. That's pretty good for a team batting average, right? Like, I mean, there are other teams, Oklahoma, who hit a little bit higher than three hundred. <clears throat> as a team, but as a team to hit 300, that's, that, I mean, that's, that's solid. That's really good. You're having a good offensive year. If you're hitting 300 as a team. Right. Right. Uh, they put up 63 home runs, right? That's again, those are pretty good power numbers, right? Um, scoring 409 times. That's a lot of runs. Not many teams go above that. Yeah, no, like 409 runs. Like that's, that's, you're scoring a bunch of runs just about every game. 
Uh, yeah. Let's see, a 60-something games. Yeah. I, um, again, math doesn't work with my brain. Yeah, I mean, like an idiot, I didn't put their record on here. Yeah, they're uh, scoring. Our, in our show notes. Well, they went they went 58 and 11 on the season. Okay. Yeah. So that's 69 games averaging out. Let's see, I did 400. So 409 divided by 69 is 5.93 runs. So almost six runs a game. Yeah. That's really good. If, if I mean, if you're a pitcher and your team's, your offense is scoring six runs a game, like you, you feel pretty confident that you can, you can get the job done. Right. Come out with a win. Uh, they're getting on base almost 40% of the time, which is, again, that's really impressive. You, them finishing second in the country again is no surprise given these stats. Like, they're just a really good ball club. They walked 249 times, which is one of the most in doing research in this conference and other conferences, 249 walks as a team. Like, that's that's one of the top um, number of walks that I've seen. Uh, I think uh, – I don't know – I know Oklahoma had more walks than that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but I don't know if there were many, if any other teams that had more than 249 walks as a team. Um, And if we just kind of skip over the next stat there and we go to the strikeouts, they only struck out 237 times, which is still, that's a lot of strikeouts. Um, Given where the game is at, that kind of seems to be the trend where teams are, more about swinging for the fences than they are about hitting for high averages. Um, even though there are still plenty of plenty of teams, plenty of girls who are hitting for high averages and putting up power numbers. Um, but they have a, a, a decent walk strike to walkout ratio. They're walking more times than they're striking out, which is not the case for everybody else. Right. Uh, I think – I know Oklahoma's is is a, a higher walk to strike out, um, but a lot of the teams that I looked at in doing all of our research, like a lot of teams are striking out way more times than they're walking, way more. Which, and, I mean, Florida State putting up so many walks is a good contributor to their on-base percentage. Obviously, I mean, you and their run scored, just hitting. right? Yeah, and their run scored, and you look at their stolen bases. Right, as a team, they stole in thirty-four bases. So, when you're talking about a team that gets on base a lot, that hits for a high average, that puts up pretty decent power numbers, but isn't just like hitting home runs left and right, like say Oklahoma is they're putting themselves in position to score runs once they get on base by stealing bags. And right. you, you got to give a lot of credit to Devin Flaherty for that one. Yeah. Swiped almost 30 bases. She, she swiped 31 bags. Oh, was it? Yeah. 31 bags last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> We we 
go on the other side of the ball, they put up a, a fielding percentage of 969 with 59 errors on the year. That's not like super impressive. Um, but when you have a pitching staff that's as dominant as Florida State's, to say that you can be a little lax on the defensive side of the ball and making plays, but your defensive mistakes and your defensive blunders, they get made up for in the circle. Oh, absolutely. Florida State's pitching staff is is top tier, and they finished with what, like a, a 1. 1. 1.65 ERA maybe? Yeah. As a whole staff, yeah. which is super <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Because you got One, six, some five. girls that always have a, a high ERA because they get low low innings and they might have given up, you know, some people end up with a 10 ERA. Then you got everybody yeah. else pulling it down. Yeah, yeah. But Florida State didn't have that there. I mean, as a staff to finish – under a two is super impressive. They have they finished with yeah. a one six five ERA on the year. Um, now, when I was looking at runs, I I thought it was more indicative of how the pitching and the defense work together to look at the total runs scored and not just the earned runs. So, Florida State's defense and pitching combined only gave up 149 runs last year. And they're like, scoring 409. Yeah. They're outscoring their opponents <laughs> by almost 300 runs. And that's why they finished where they finished. Right. Makes sense. And opponents batting average was only 194. You imagine you imagine being anybody in the ACC, really, or just anybody that's about to play Florida State, and you're just like, well, we're not going to hit a lot this weekend, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> like, just going into it, just know that we're shooting for two out of ten times. <laughs> yeah, like hopefully we can scrape a run or two across. Like. It's got to be a Insane. little deflating. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. But, I mean, so their pitching staff is led by Catherine Sandercock, who was their ace last year. She went 28-4 and four, um, with a 1-1-2 ERA through 193 innings. Unfortunately, she's gone. Yeah, I think that's their, their obvious key loss on this one. Yeah, like you can't replace a Catherine Sandercock. Now they they also lose Mac Leonard, who but was a two way player. She pitched and mm-hmm. she played a position, um, and she was fairly productive at the plate. Not their most productive hitter by any means. Not their not their workhorse in the circle either. Um, but she pitched in really big games in the world series and supers and regionals. Like she was a key piece to their team, just like Catherine Sandercock was, but obviously Catherine Sandercock was, I'd say much more valuable. Um, uh, yeah, they're, they lost three pitchers. Yeah. 
last year, but Catherine Sandercock being the main one. Um, so, but some players to watch for this year, Devin Flaherty's still there. We mentioned her earlier. She stole 31 bags last year. She batted 317, had 26 RBIs, and scored 43 times. She had an on base percentage of 433. Um, who do you got? Who are some players you got to watch for Florida State this year? That's that's the first one I had was a uh, old infielder for them. Um, I yeah, just, Devin Flaherty is their starting second baseman, and I I wholeheartedly believe she be. will still be at second base this year. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure. She also defensively had the had the team lead with ten double plays turned. So yeah, can't I yeah, don't know hard. if you can take that out of the infield. No, definitely not. You can't take her out of the lineup either. No, can't take her off the bases. So, I mean, looks like yeah. she's going to be playing second base. Yeah. Or at least somewhere. Um, I've also got Kaylee Mudge as, yep. as a top returner, yep. outfielder for yep. him. Really produced last year. Um, she started all 60-something games that she played in. Uh, 65 games, I think, is what she played in. Um 341 batting average, 403 on base percentage. Um, she led the team with hits and runs, 71 hits, 47 runs scored. And then also added in, and what's crazy here is she added in 17 doubles. 17 doubles. That wasn't even the team leading stat for doubles. Yeah. So that's what's also crazy. Three triples, five homers, and and uh I think defensively she's she's got to stay out there for sure. 76 chances, yeah. outfielders get less chances. 76 chances she doesn't make a single error. A thousand on the year? A thousand on the year. Yeah, it's I mean, when you get that kind of offensive production and she's a guarantee a, a sure glove out there for you, she's definitely going to be one to watch uh moving forward. Um, I got two more on my list that I want to talk about. Um, their starting center fielder, Johnny Kerr. Do you have her on there? Yep. Yeah. I got Johnny, Johnny Kerr. Johnny, and I got one more. I got one more. Oh, I have a couple more, but I have one I want to talk about. Uh, but Johnny Kerr, their starting center fielder, she bats 356 last year. She puts up eight home runs as well with 40 RBI, 30 runs scored. She swipes 14 bags. Um, it has a 389 on base percentage. 389 on base percentage. That's not super great, but it's not it's not bad by any means. Um, I mean, she's a sure glove in center field. She's going to cover a lot of ground. You can't you can't replace her out in the outfield. And with the offensive production she puts up, she's going to be a staple in their lineup. Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, she I was mean, she was freshman last year, right? Sophomore. Yeah, she's a young one. She's a young one. I think she's a sophomore this year. Yeah, so I think if she goes – because last year she had her, – her walk-to-strikeout ratio wasn't wasn't quite the best. It was less walks, more strikeouts. You yeah. flip that around, your on-base percentage shoots up, and then it's an absolute threat to have her have to, have to pitch against her, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking – I mean, I don't – I'm hesitant to make the comparison, but if if she grows like she does and she continues to you know trend upwards in her development and her ability, you know her her pitch recognition, her hand eye 
coordination, her strength, all that stuff. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to look up and see Johnny Kerr being compared to Kiki Malloy. Yeah. I would anyway, be who, who's, who's next on your list? <laughs> I'm feeling like you probably didn't pick her, but you might have. But I've gone with with the hometown Murfreesboro Blackman High School Kaylee Harding utility player. I got her on my you list. She her. was not. She was not. She was not highlighted for me, but she is on my list because she dropped ten bombs last year. She drove in forty eight and scored forty six times. Again, like she's per, she's a huge production piece for them. She bounced around between third base and right field, like. And if you're they're, wondering, they're gonna. If you're up? wondering where where the the team lead in doubles, not seventeen. If you're wondering where it's at, it's at twenty two doubles. That's that's when you're doing. You know, you're doing some damage. You hitting twenty two doubles and ten home runs. Power, power, yeah. power, power. Yeah, Kaylee Harding was on my list. I have, like I said, I have a couple other ones on my list too. But um. <laughs> I got um, Michaela Edenfield, their catcher. Uh, she caught the majority of the innings last year. She split a little bit of time with Katie Dak, who came in, and Katie Dak put up 11 home runs last year. Uh, batting average wasn't great, but 11 home runs. And her on-base percentage, Katie Dak's on-base percentage was 607. Granted, she didn't get near as bats as Michaela Edenfield did but like uh, she split time between behind the plate and as a designated player so but Michaela Edenfield like she's their catcher and she commanded their pitching staff she's going to do it again this year Michaela Edenfield put up 13 home runs last year she had 56 RBIs again and her batting average wasn't the best because her job was to drive in runs she was, I think she was most of the year, like five, six hole, mm-hmm. maybe four hole every once in a while. And she's just like, like Lonnie Alameda is like, hey, drive in runs. <laughs> Cause she's a huge kid. She's what, six, one, six, six foot, six, one. Yeah, she's huge. So her job's a drive in runs and she did that. So, um, and again, commanded the pitching staff. And we got McKenna Reed, who's returning in the circle. She was 13 and 0 last year. She had a 0.97 ERA through 79 and a third innings and 91 strikeouts. Yeah, that's Guess what the Yeah, guess what the opponent's batting average was? 130. It's close. 141. God. So Yeah, those those are returners that I'm looking at, do you have other ones that you want to mention or we want to move on? No, you, you hit all, we had all the same ones. I had, I had Michaela on my list as as well. So, yeah. So they didn't really hit the transfer portal too hard. They got one transfer, Annie Potter. She transferred from Mercer. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really see her getting a whole lot of playing time. She's a junior infielder. And she's having to battle out, you know, five of the people that we just mentioned. Right. Um, 
And she's a at Mercer career two sixty seven hitter, a nine eighteen fielder. Like I just don't see her getting very much playing time, if any playing time at all. So for Florida State's freshmen, they have a, a pretty decent recruiting class coming in. They got six girls coming in, but two specifically that I want to talk about. We got Ashton Danley, who's from Tennessee. Um, Ashley, what do you got on on Ashton Danley? Yeah, I think she's a good one, a, a good freshman to look out for coming in on a pitching staff that is losing their their rock in Catherine Sandercock. And she's a pitcher outfield, probably gonna be turned into a PO if I if I could imagine most people do when they get to college. Number two ranked player by extra innings, rightfully so. Um in her high school career, I believe. High school career, 59 appearances. Um, Pitching-wise, finishes with a .59 ERA, 321.2 innings pitched. Pretty solid in those two numbers. Even more impressive to me, though, is her walk-to-strikeout ratio. Has 94 walks. Again, this is her career. 466 strikeouts as a a pitcher. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I was – yeah. Yeah, um, and in, in that allows just one home run. No doubles, no triples, just one home run, extra base hit. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, and <laughs> through three years, she only gave up 77 runs. I wouldn't be so quick to put her in as a PO because she, for three consecutive years, hit almost 700. So, and and I granted I understand that in high school, you know the the talent is not the same as it's going to be in a, in a major D one program. Like I I get it, but I mean you not to throw shade at, at any of the other girls that are that are incoming, but they're position players, and they didn't hit as well as she did as far as their numbers go, right? So, I mean, you can take it with a grain of salt. I wouldn't be so quick to just throw her in as a PO, though. No, I wouldn't count her out. I do I do think batting almost 700 is, is worthy of at least letting her get a, a little glimpse, a couple of at-bats, oh, just to I, test I it think, out. I think thus far – She's probably gotten her fair share of bats throughout the fall. Yeah. Um, but as you said earlier, like I wouldn't, I would expect to see her get some time in the circle for sure with just two pitchers returning um, in McKenna Reed and Allison Royalty. McKenna Reed's going to be their rock this year, I would imagine, um, unless Miss Danley or uh, one of their other pitcher, their one of their other freshmen, Mimi Gooden. Um, if one of them really stands out, uh, I would fully expect McKenna Reed to to be their workhorse moving forward. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Danley in the circle multiple times this year. Um, but another one that I have on my list is, I think you say her name, Jasoni. 
Jasoni Beecham. Um, she she's another impressive one to look at. Uh, she started playing varsity softball in sixth grade. Sixth grade. What's what state is that from where you can where sixth graders get to play varsity? That's what I want to know. So apparently she started playing softball in high school in Alabama. Um, and let me see. Yeah, she I think she started in Alabama her sixth grade year, went to her sophomore year. Um, and she, let's see, in 2019, as an eighth grader, she was a USA All-American. And then in 2020, I believe with one of her travel ball teams, she won, or she was named to the Junior Olympic Cup All-Tournament team. And that was as a freshman. Um, and then as a sophomore, still in Alabama, she hit 19 home runs, which was the third most in the state of Alabama. I mean, if you're hitting if you're hitting 10 home runs in high school in one season, like that's actually like pretty impressive. Not very many people do that. Right. Um, but to hit almost 20, that's that's wild. That's a lot of home runs for a high school kid. Uh, especially as a sophomore. Um, and she was, that same year, she was named the 3A Alabama All-State Hitter of the Year. Um, then the next year, I, I believe, is when she moved to Florida. Uh, but she batted 507, hit 12 bombs that year. And then in 2023, Numbers dropped a little bit. She hit 394 with nine home runs, but like this is a kid that has huge power potential. Like she's dropping almost two handfuls, if not more, home runs every single year that she's played varsity ball, which is that's insane. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. She they have her listed as just an infielder, and I looked up her stats. She it seemed like she played predominantly like first third. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see her get some, I think pr predominantly third base, but I wouldn't be surprised to see her get some PT at, at third base. Um, maybe some, some DP at bats, some pinch hits. Um, I wouldn't necessarily expect her to be in the starting lineup from day one, but I mean, with that kind of power potential, you know, you get your little lefty slapper come up with bases loaded. Probably a good time to pinch hit, put Ms. Beecham in, see if you can drop a drop a bomb, cash in all all four runs there. Yeah, I wouldn't with nineteen home runs in in one season, high school wise, one season as a team is pretty decent accomplishment oh, one person though i mean that's that's pretty outstanding so I, clearly she has the power to produce 
So definitely with yeah. a team that likes to put up a lot of runs, wouldn't necessarily be surprised if at some point she, she <coughs> makes her way into the lineup come spring. Yeah. Um, I mean, like a USA All-American as an eighth grader for varsity softball. That's crazy. That's impressive. It is. It's it's just it's just another it's another level of talent. Like you have division one softball players and then you have the best division one softball players. And I feel like she's probably gonna fall into that category. Um with those kind of power numbers, I mean you're thinking like a a Taryn Kern type yeah. impact. Maybe maybe not so much like starting as a freshman and being that big of an impact for a, for a really, really good Florida State t- team, but it wouldn't surprise me. Definitely has the potential. All right, we're going to move on to Duke, our team that finished second in the ACC. Um, they finished their season 48 and 12. Not too shabby. Um, team wise, team team stat wise, uh, still had a higher batting average than Florida State. Batted 318 on the year. Not bad at all for a team batting average. Um, but if you compare pitching wise, again, Florida State had an ace in Catherine Sanderclock, but they had a lower ERA. Duke put up a two two eleven ERA two point one one. Um, holding yeah, teams that's... to two runs though is not horrible, but we need yeah, less I mean, than that's... two. Yeah, that's how you that's how you win forty eight games. Right? Yeah, I mean yeah. holding holding teams to two runs. Yeah, you're gonna win a lot of games, but when you're talking about being an upper echelon team and competing with those top tier teams, the Florida States, the Oklahoma's, the Oklahoma States, the, the, give me another one. I'm drawing a blank. Tennessee. Tennessee. There you go. Um, yeah. Hold, trying to hold them the two runs is, is that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Not um, an easy thing to do. Yeah. As a pitching staff, but, you, you gotta have under a two to be can to to really be able to compete with those those top tier teams. Yeah, uh-huh. and you know, again, under under two is ideal. Two two ish isn't horrible. Uh, I mean, their offense was still producing for them. Put up three hundred fifty one runs. Can't can't really complain there. That's not bad. And they, they got on base almost 40% of the time. So offense was out there doing a pretty decent job. Pitchers still kind of held it down, but again, gotta gotta maintain, gotta give yourself a chance. And and I think to what could have been what could improve this year for Duke um is their fielding. They only filled it at a, at a nine sixty-one. Yeah, so, that's not that ain't gonna cut it behind a especially behind a pitching staff that's not your top tier. I mean, it's 
961 by comparison to Florida State at a 969. Not a huge, huge difference, but when you're talking about a Florida State pitching staff that's at a 165 ERA with a 969 fielding percentage to a Duke 211 ERA with a 961 fielding percentage, it's just that's not a combination for success when you're going up against the these top tier programs. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can they can clean up that defense a little bit this year. Maybe get the get their pitching numbers down a little bit more. Uh, I mean, again, a two one one is not anything to be upset about. That's a really good pitching staff. Um, but when you're going up against the Florida State and Oklahoma, like it's just it's not that you can't compete because you can, but you're gonna have to play you're gonna have to play your A plus plus game. Every time you play them. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you're gonna be in the ball game. But what about key losses? Who do you have for key losses for Duke? I have Deja Davis. Same player that I have. You just have Deja Davis? You have more than Deja Davis? No, I, I tried to just stick to just one key loss. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I rolled with Deja, Deja, not Deja, Deja Davis, infielder for him. I mean, she was – Really Pretty big producer for them. All around. Yeah. Yeah. Really big producer for them last year. Uh, 372, six home runs, 31 RBIs, 44 runs scored, a 456 on base percentage, a little bit of a base threat or a, a base stealing threat at eight stolen bases. Nothing, nothing too serious there. But I mean, she's, she was a really solid producer for them. Uh, so they're gonna, they're definitely gonna miss her in the lineup this year. Uh, with, I think she didn't she have the highest batting average on the team last year? She did not. She was second. It looks like. Okay. Yeah, Behind she who? she was. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure how to say it. I think it's Donna. D- I don't know. Diana. Donna. Not one hundred percent sure. Jennings is the last name. Um, yeah, Deanna, Deanna Jennings. Deanna yeah. Jennings. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of she really held it down for him. Yeah. Luckily for the Duke Blue Devils, Deanna Jennings is coming back. Uh, she'll be starting center field for them again this year. After having an incredible year, I don't know why I forgot this, um, but she uh, she finished the year. Batting 462, scored 48 times, had 21 stolen bases, and almost got on base 50% of the time. Oh, and by the way, she was an NFCA freshman of the year finals. So. Love to see that she's returning for the Blue Devils. Yeah, that's going to be really good for them. Uh, Super exciting player to watch, keep an eye on. (laughs) I'd imagine she's going to put up similar numbers again this year. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for Deanna Jennings. 
who else you got? Key returners. Let's see. Key returner, I got Amina Vega. You got Amina Vega okay. on your list? I do have her on my list. Dropping a dropping a couple couple yak balls last year, a couple bomb skis. Yeah. Couple. Thirteen. <laughs> I wish I wish that was the case for for a lot of people. Yeah, I dropped a couple this year. Don't worry about it. Only only seventeen bombs, but you know, just a couple. Light work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fifty RBIs. That's that's impressive. And yeah. forty runs scored. So I mean, just between those two numbers, she's she's responsible for a hundred almost a hundred, ninety of the Duke Blue Devils runs. Which is almost I'm, I don't know what a third, close to, maybe a yes. little less than a third. Yeah, it's close to it's close to a third of their total run scored. Which, I mean, that's production <laughs> if that, I've ever seen it. That um, it is. I I got uh, I I have some other players on my list too, but I, I've I really want to hit on. Anna Gold, their starting third baseman from last year, or Anna Gold, Anna, Anna Gold, Anna Gold. I think we heard that in an interview. They called her Anna. Um, yeah, she batted three thirteen last year, put up nineteen jacks. Nineteen, just a couple. Yeah, uh, you want to talk about? So we were talking about Jasani Beach and Lat earlier, mm -hmm. and how she put up nineteen jacks in a high school season. This is nineteen jacks. In Division One softball, in one of the toughest conferences in the nation. Granted, I'm sure some of these came came during out of conference games, but they're not playing scrubs out of conference. No, right? they're still they're still racking in some some tough competition. Yeah, and but I mean, even if they are playing mediocre Division One teams, they're still Division One ball players. Not okay high school bomb players right so yeah 19 19 bombs by anna on a goal 56 rbis and 53 runs scored so there's That's our other third <laughs> yeah yeah 109 runs that Anna gold is responsible for she'll be coming back and starting third base for them i'm sure uh you got one more uh, I don't think I put another person on here. No, you're crazy. Cassidy Kerr, their starting pitcher returns. Mm. She was 18 and three with a 165 ERA and 159 strikeouts through 127 and third innings. Opponents only batting 146. Yeah, got to be glad she's coming back for sure. Yeah, if you're a hitter stepping into the box against Cassidy Curd, you basically have no shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, where they struggle, this is where Duke's team, their pitching staff, ERA, suffers, is in the rest of the pitching staff behind Cassidy Curd. Once you get past Cassidy Curd, it drops off a, a it's a I don't want to say it's a it's a huge drop off, 
but it's a fairly steep drop. You go to their number two, Jada Wright, she's got a 2-5, and then Claire Davidson had a 3-6. So that's where you get that huge, that, 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 not huge, but that, that difference in ERA between Florida State and Duke that really put Florida State mm-hmm. over the top. Um, but I mean, if Cassidy Kerr can hang in there and throw more innings for them this year, I, I would not be surprised to see Duke beat Florida State, especially with Florida State losing Captain Santa. Yeah, Florida State's got some pitchers that definitely got to step up a little bit. <clears throat> and Duke's got a pitcher that needs to hold down her Ford again. Yeah, uh, they they really they, they really need Cassidy Kerr to, to step up and just be more of a workhorse and take innings away from the other pitchers on the pitching staff because she's just better. <laughs> I mean – Numbers don't lie. Right. Like, she didn't throw as many innings as Jayla Wright did. She threw uh, about like five. It's like five, yeah. Yeah, like five innings less. But Kathy Curd is better. Her numbers are better. Her opponent – her ERA is better. Uh, her strikeouts per inning are better. Her opponent batting average is better. The record she was able to produce was better. So, I mean, if I'm the D- the Duke coaching staff, I'm looking at these numbers and I'm saying, okay, we gotta give we gotta give Cassidy more innings. We gotta take innings away from Jayla Wright. We gotta give more innings to Cassidy. Cassidy's gotta be our workhorse this year. Yeah. And hopefully, um, though. That'll light a fire under Jayla Wright. Jayla Wright kicks into high gear, and they got two that are going one six, one seven ERA. Then they're yeah. super solid. Yeah, that'll put them over the top for sure. The yeah, um, Duke's a good ball club. I, I don't expect anything less from them, but if if Cassidy Curd can carry the load more, and then bring Jayla right up a little bit more in, in her competitive abilities. Um, yeah, I would not be surprised to see them win win the ACC. Duke goes out and they put they, they bring in two girls from the transfer portal. Uh, again, they're not really anybody just like Florida State and I don't really see them getting the opportunity to play a whole lot. They got a uh, grad transfer from Pitt in Danny Drogmuller. I think that's how you say her name. Um, not not the best record, not the best career record at Pitt. Granted, Pitt is at the bottom of the ACC, so I'm sure she didn't get as much run support as what she needed. But when your ERA is almost a four. It's hard for your offense to win you ball games. Right. You can't you can't give up four runs a game and expect your offense to score four runs every single game. Um, and then they brought in another outfielder from Boston College and Aaliyah Terrell. Again, didn't put up great numbers as a freshman. I, I don't I I don't necessarily see her getting a whole lot of playing time, but. 
I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. Um, they, I mean, Deja Davis losing Deja Davis was obviously a, a huge hit for them, but I don't know that these transfers are gonna, or specifically Aaliyah Terrell. I don't know that she's gonna be the answer for that. They they only bring in two freshmen. Yeah, it's kind of shocking to me. Not sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they they bring in one outfield, one infield. Yeah, they brought in they, they only brought in two freshmen and two two transfers. I don't I I just I don't know. I don't know what to make of this with with especially with the freshmen not being like they're not top tier freshmen. Obviously, I'm sure that they're great ball players. They're they're going to a Division One school. They have to be talented enough to play on that big of a stage. But I, I mean, I I could see both of them getting PT because their Duke's outfield depth is is not it's not super deep, and neither is their infield depth. Um, but I don't know. You got Amaya Burgess, who's the outfielder, and Lynn Lee, who's their their in, their freshman infielder. Um, I mean, it seems like they're both solid. But... Yeah, I think I between the two of them, I think uh, Amaya is that what we decide? Amaya Burgess. Uh, Amaya Burgess, yeah. I think if, if I'm the coaching staff, and, you know, I, I don't see these two play, obviously, but if I'm the coaching staff, off the bat, I'm I'm putting outfielder above the infielder because, because in the box-wise, she can do it all. Hit, slap, bunt. She's got speed, which, I mean, that's not to yeah, say I mean- that – She's going to really produce in the ACC, yeah. but yeah, but I, I'm I'm with you because I mean, speed equals pressure, pressure equals errors. Yeah, even put her I, in as you, a pinch runner, you know, like right, right, yeah. You if you have speed, you put pressure on the defense. Anytime you put the ball in play, or anytime you're on the bases, as like a pinch runner, like you said, and. You just you just force the defense to work faster and become uncomfortable, and that's when errors happen. And if when, when errors happen, you run the bases for days, and you can score a lot. So, yeah, I I agree. I I would see. I I, I don't expect these freshmen to get a lot of playing time, just because I don't know a lot about them. However, I I'm with you in that Amaya Burgess. If if I'm the coach, I I would look to have Amaya Burgess ready to go at all times because she's fast. Yeah. So that about wraps up Duke. Honestly, not not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, they they got plenty of girls returning. They lose one key bat, but they should they should be fine moving into the year. They're just gonna have to get their pitching staff to come along and and really hold it down. Um, I'll move into Clemson, 
<laughs> uh, what do you got for their their team stats for for Clemson? Let's see team stats. I've got uh strong season, obviously forty nine twelve record, strong season, uh three thirteen batting average, pretty solid. More impressive is on base percentage at four hundred nine. That's yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, 980 fielding percentage, which is higher than Duke, higher than Florida State, um, and a 1.59 ERA. So the lowest of the three that we've talked about, Clemson, Duke, and Florida State, as a team ERA, 1.59. Which uh, is th- – this is surprising to me because Clemson finished third. Yeah. Like, as we talked about before, or as I mentioned before earlier um, – Clemson finishing. I said that these three schools finishing in the top three in the conference was not surprising to me. I think I may have cut myself off. I don't remember, but Clemson finishing third is surprising to me. I I definitely expected them to finish in the top two. And I thought for sure that they had a, great opportunity to be forested uh definitely i think i i think i'm with you in that clemson clemson should have finished second to me not necessarily surprised that they got third a little bit i guess but i just think they're a better they're a better team than duke like Duke I is think really they're a better good. team Don't than get... Florida State at, at some time at some point. Yeah, I do sometimes. I do too. I, I I and again, Duke Duke is a really good team. I, I don't I don't want to take any credit away from them. They're they're really, really good. I just think Clemson is just better. Yeah, Clemson's and super solid. And I, not I, to mention I, that they I mean, their numbers are all better than not all, I guess. Their their batting average is is lower than Duke's. But other than that, their four key stats as a team are better than the, the first and second finishers in the conference. Yeah. But where I would give Florida State the edge is Florida State's uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio is better. Yeah. Clemson struck out more than they walked, and Florida State stole more bases and put themselves in in um, positions to score more often, which is why they scored more runs on the year than Clemson did. I think Clemson relied a little bit too heavily on the long ball, yeah, uh, and instead of trying to put pressure on the defense, like what we just talked about with, with Amani Burgess. Um, but again, like Clemson's just super talented. They're super talented. They're way too talented to be finishing third in the conference, in my opinion. And my opinion doesn't mean much, but <laughs> <laughs> I would expect Clemson to finish at least second in the ACC. Um, anyway, with that being said, um, I have a couple key losses written down um, in, in Reedy Davenport, their starting third baseman last year, and Caroline Jacobson, their right fielder last year. Um, again, 
Caroline Jacobson was definitely the most productive of the two. <laughs> Batting 309, hitting 12 bombs, driving in 50 and scoring 40. Again, another player that accounts for almost a third of the team's runs scored. Uh, and she had a 985 fielding percentage. She only made one error last year at their, their in right field. Could you imagine, like, going through – okay, I don't know when her error occurred, but but going through and knowing – say it's like 80% of the way through season, knowing that you haven't committed committed an error every time the ball is coming to me. One side of my brain is telling me, oh, you got this. Like, you've got a 1,000 fielding percentage right now. The other side saying, hey, you really can't mess this up. You've got a 1,000 fielding percentage. Like, the pressure I would put on myself, because at that point, I don't even have an error yet. My, my, my coaches and my other teammates probably aren't concerned when the balls hit to me. Me, on the other hand, brown well, in my trousers. I- <laughs> Wowzers. <laughs> um yeah, but I mean I think that's 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 where you and Caroline Jacobson differ, you know? Yeah. That but and she I, played D one softball and I didn't, so <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean I know my freshman year of college, like when I got in right field, because I didn't get a lot of opportunities to play right field, but when I got in right field, um your boy was nervous, and I, I booted some balls <laughs> that I have never booted in my life. Um, so, yeah, to to only make one error all year, that's that's pretty solid. I, I would I would say losing Caroline Jacobson is a huge hit for them. However, Clemson has a plethora of key returners uh we'll save the best for last we'll start out with someone on my list in Mackenzie Clark their starting center fielder she bat 335 last year hit 13 home runs drove in 35 scored 56 times uh that's a significant chunk of runs that she's responsible for also had a 4.43 on base percentage with 32 walks and 11 stolen bases. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolute offensive threat. Not to mention, defensively, we're going goose egg, zero baby. errors. Goose egg, thousand fielding percentage. Gotta love it in center field. That's you gotta know that if you're hitting the ball to right center, you're the opposing team hitting the ball to right center against Clemson, like. Tough luck, bud. It's not yeah. getting down. Yeah, it's got to be dead middle of the gap. Yeah. And it's got to be a missile. Uh, but, yeah, Mackenzie Clark, definitely going to be a staple in the lineup this year. She'll uh, – just a huge producer for them. I would expect to see her continue, continue to produce for them at the plate and just lock down center field. No fly zone out there. Yeah, no, no. flies. Who you got next? Uh, I got a tough, tough last name here. Aaliyah Logaleo. 
I have no idea how to say that last name. Logaleo? I'm not sure. Aaliyah, if if you hear this and we've jacked your name up, let us know because we'd love to get you on here and correct it. Yeah. Yeah, starting starting shortstop last year? Yeah. Solid infielder for them. Um, Started all of their games. Offensively, could have done a little bit better with the bat. Only batted 296. But again, Almost 300, not terrible. Uh, 381 on base percentage. Still dropped she, 10 bombs. Yeah, I was about to say, she still had eight doubles and 10 home runs. Yeah. Knocked in 51 RBI. So, yeah. Still producing, which is why yeah. that batting average isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. Um, right, right. Then she turns around, swipes 11 stolen bases out of 11 tries. So, you can't really can't really be too upset. Um Yeah, I mean she's cashing in runs when she needs to cash in runs. Right. Um She did have, Oh, you got another go one? Go, yeah, 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 of course. It's close. Well, Come on. I, I also have another one. But I was just going to say Defensively, I would like to point out she did make it onto Sports Center's top ten with a pretty sick diving catch. Catches a ball going backwards, like on the downslope of the ball, just snags a sucker midair. Pretty cool little catch. So, I just want to give credit to to Sports Center there. It's a place you love to, to see. Sport, to Sports Center, well, or well, to her Aaliyah. for getting on to Sports Center. So yeah, you get, come on now, and to Sports Center for showing it. Let's. I mean, yeah, let's but let's direct credit where it's due. It's, yeah, that it's goes Aaliyah. to that goes to Aaliyah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's your other one? Who, who's your? I bet we could say it on three. Uh, you got one no, more. No, I have I have one before that one. Oh, okay, I don't have one. <laughs> you go first. Okay, so the other one I have before we get to the main event of Clemson's returners. Uh, Miley, it's either Miley or Millie. I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure. I wanna say obviously my first reaction was to say Miley. Um, but I think it's Millie. I'm pretty sure it's Millie. Millie Thompson, they're number two in the circle. She she was fourteen and three last year with a one eight two ERA. Not a huge strikeout pitcher. She just she, uh, she throws hard, but she's not throwing she's not gassing folks up left and right. Her her out pitch is her changeup. Her changeup is phenomenal. Like just I just floats right in there. It's so slow. <laughs> it's so slow, but it's so good. She throws it at the at the right time every time. And just I mean she's throwing hitters timing off and getting pop ups and rollovers. And I mean, opponent's batting average was not the best. It's it two fifty four, but she's she's able to I'll, she's able to let the hitters hit it because she's got a stellar defense behind her, and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier with Duke in that like if you're not gonna have lights out pitching, you gotta have lights out defense for sure, and. Specifically with Millie Thompson, Clemson has that combination where 
you got a pitcher who knows how to pitch, knows how to get to get outs, pitches to contact, and lets her defense make plays behind her. And with full confidence that they're going to make plays behind her. I mean, how could you not with players like Aliyah Logolo, Logolo, and and uh, Mackenzie Clark. So, all right. So, best for last year with the key returners. Got USA Softball Player of the Year, Valerie Cable. Yeah, I mean, she- what what accolade did she not collect? Honestly, USA Softball Collegiate Player of the Year, Rawlings Gold Glove. I'll tell you what what she didn't get. What accolade she didn't get last year? Don't say national champion. Well, no, I wasn't going to say that. That's rude. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. I got real no, concerned. No, I was going to say she did not win a Nobel Peace Prize. That's about the only thing she didn't win last year. Yeah, I mean, um, racking in award on top of award on top of award, as she should. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just a, a freak athlete. Um, pitcher first baseman, she does it all. 25-8 and eight in the circle last year with a 1.56 ERA and 188 strikeouts through 193 innings. Held opponents to a whopping 182 batting average. Um, then on the flip side, <laughs> she steps up to the plate and hits four sixty nine with nineteen jacks on base over fifty percent of the time. Yeah, just she's on base almost fifty percent of the time, and or no, she's on base over fifty percent of the time. Right? That's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. And she's getting a hit almost 50% of the time. It's just numbers that, like, you look at and you're like, oh, this is this is a video game. This yeah, is a video this game is character. A cheat, <laughs> this is a cheat code. This is a cheat code. And Valerie Cagle's a video game player. She's not real. It was AI. <laughs> she was made up. Every game that she played in last year was fake, and these these stats and accolades went to a robot. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it, in all seriousness, like Ballard Cagle's, she's the real deal. Us old heads would call her the truth. Yeah, no. Again, repeat yourself. You said us old heads. Old, old, so old heads. You. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, Valerie Cagle's the truth. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what else you want from me. She's the truth. She's the real deal. Numbers that just, you look at them and they just blow your mind. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. As much as I would like to just continue to talk about Valerie Cagle, and we could sit here and find all kinds of highlights on her. We need to move on because Clemson hit up the transfer portal. They bring in two players, um, two pretty solid players, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring in Alex Brown, who's a utility player from North Carolina. Uh, so they're they're conference player stealers. <laughs> uh, 
and I don't blame them because Clemson's here to win. Uh, so they bring in Alex Brown. She's a junior from UNC. Uh, started shortstop for the Tar Heels. On Clemson's website, on their roster, she's listed as a utility player. Um, but I imagine she's going to give Logaleo a run for her money at shortstop because she's, she was a pretty solid fielder for the Tar Heels. Um, not, not great, not the best, but where she lacks in, in defensive skills, uh, she held up her end of the bargain at the plate, batting 399, hitting four home runs. And on a team that struggled to score, drove in 20 run, twenty RBIs and scored 32 times. So, Definitely holding again, up her end of the bargain. Yeah, on a team, like I said, on a team that struggled to score, Alex Brown was – she was a, a huge production piece for the Tar Heels, and I'd expect her to do the same for, for Clemson. I don't imagine she's going to be sitting on the bench. They're going to find somewhere for her to play. Oh, for sure. I I uh, definitely agree. Who else? Who else? Who's the next one? Uh, transfer from Auburn, Lindsay Garcia. Uh, she's an infielder. Um, played in infield sixty-one. Or I have infield. You have outfield. I have infield. I have infield – I have both. Mm. I have her listed as both, and I know last year for Auburn she got a, ch- a good chunk of change of playing time in left field. I was about to say, I know she played left in Auburn. Yeah. Uh, maybe – did Clemson have her listed as – I don't know. I don't know why I have infield written down. I, 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 I have her listed as both. I have her – she was on the roster listed as infield outfield. Oh. I just forgot the other half. Possibly. Or maybe I just threw outfield on there because I knew she played outfield at all. Nonetheless. I don't know. Yeah, either way. I mean, she still, I mean, played for Auburn, put up a 280 batting average, 10 home runs, nine doubles, 361 on base percentage. Um, Not the strongest. Also in a very difficult conference. Coming from the SEC, Auburn was a top team in the SEC last year, too. So, I mean, she's obviously doing something right. Yeah. So. Um, drove, drove in 43, scored 30 runs. <clears throat> yeah. She's, yeah, it was so, solid, solid producer at the plate. And not that Clemson was severely lacking in the production in the offensive production, but I mean, when you got somebody who's looking to come your way, who's a pretty decent producer, you got to take them. In this day and age with the transfer portal, you got to take them. And Lindsey Garcia is gonna, she's gonna be that for the for the Clemson Tigers. <laughs> uh, from one tiger to another, uh, she's. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's gonna produce for Clemson. I I don't know I don't know what playing time looks like for her, but 
I mean, they just lost one outfielder, one really good outfielder. I wouldn't be surprised if she she finds some time out here. All right, so we move on to the freshman for Clemson. Um, who do you got? Who's your first freshman? I've got Olivia Duncan, a pitcher coming from Georgia. She was the uh, 2023 Georgia Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, very well earned. She made a 1.61 ERA. She is a lefty. She's a lefty. Love a good lefty pitcher, that's for sure. As a lefty hitter, though. I hated hitting off a of lefties. Well, what but can you I do? Also, got this action, <laughs> the over the top action, not this one. That's right. Uh, Olivia Duncan, one point six one ERA in eighty seven innings, thirteen and one record. I like the stat of six walks, hundred and three strikeouts. Just a that's a that's a stellar strikeout to walk ratio. She, she's just out there just saucing people up <laughs> left and right. Oh, love throwing it! Folk, throwing folks chairs. <laughs> you get a strikeout. You get a strikeout. You get a strikeout. Yeah, the oh. the, the Oprah of strikeouts. Yeah, she did hit a little bit. Um. Again, I don't yeah. necessarily see her being a two-way player, though. No, no yeah. she's going to pitch. She, her her offensive production stats are nowhere near the same as some of the freshmen that we talked about earlier. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's going to be in the circle. I don't, I don't necessarily think that she's going to get a lot of time in the circle because they have Valerie Cagle and Millie Thompson returning. Um, but she's definitely going to be a good addition. Uh, I, I would expect to see her get some some bullpen innings, some midweek games. Um, yeah, just, definitely just get, get a that, year to develop too. Yeah, just to get that experience and be able to really help the help help the Tigers out long term. Um, I got one more, Julia Noller. She's listed as an infielder pitcher. Coming from Florida, she won the 2021 Florida Gatorade Player of the Year. Has a career batting average of 605 with guess how many home runs? Career? Career. High school career. Guess how many home runs? <sighs> Is it in the 20s? Just guess, bro. Throw a number out there. 22. 33. Oh, okay. <laughs> 33 dingers throughout her high school career. Only Cade in four years only struck out 17 times. That's insane. That's impressive. That's super impressive. Like, it's one thing to hit 605, but you can hit 605 and still strike out a lot. So then you yeah. wonder, is she just freaking crushing the ball, hitting right at people at that point? Because she's obviously touching the ball almost every time. Or yeah. getting walked, I guess. But Yeah. That's... Just, that's a hitter. Yeah. Yeah. But let's also keep in mind that the 
the player we talked about earlier for Florida State who batted almost 700, you wanted to throw into a PO role right off the bat. Get Not right here, off dude. the bat. I it was there was a question mark at the end. Oh come on, big come old on. size seventy two font question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so Julia Noller again. She's this as an infielder and a pitcher. Um, not, not nearly the same pitching wise as uh, Olivia Duncan, but still pretty solid. Her career rec was twenty four and ten. Um, had a two one seven ERA and two hundred ninety three strikeouts through two hundred eighty four innings. So, again, not terrible. I, I mean, I'm sure she won her high school a lot of games. <laughs> I would expect to see her get a handful of innings, and Clemson's coaching staff just kind of see how it goes. I would expect and, her to get a few more handful of innings with the old batteroonie in her hands. Oh yeah, for so. sure. Yeah, like I said, I, I think she'll she'll probably get a you know ten fifteen innings this coming year just to see what happens. Um, maybe not even that many. And if she does well, maybe she gets more innings throughout the year. Um, but I would say they're, they're solely relying on her to play infield and, and just continue to rake. Yeah. She's 33 home runs. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll move into some other notable players throughout the ACC. Uh, first off. You got Daisy Hess out of Louisville. She batted 335 last year, hit four jacks, drove in 31, and scored 32 times. Um, that's an impressive stat line. It, I mean, it's not like overly impressive, but it's, I mean, it's a solid production, uh, a, a solid line of production from, from Daisy Hess. Um, the the stat that really got me and and really you know won me over to put her on this list this girl stole 24 bases last year lightning mcqueen <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> she she led louisville's team last year with 24 stolen bases um also had 29 walks and a 442 on base percentage so i'd imagine that she's going to continue to just put pressure on defenses and make them mess up. Uh, really wish Louisville's a good team. I really wish Daisy Hess was on another team. Uh, but <laughs> nevertheless, Daisy Hess, look out for her to do some great things this year. Her teammate, Bailey Richardson, uh, just transferred from Georgia State. She batted 314 last year with the most RBIs on her team at 33. Georgia State struggled to score, um, which probably a good reason as to why Bailey Richardson transferred because uh, Georgia State only scored 183 runs last year. 
So, like I said, that's, probably a good reason. That's, that's probably probably a reason why Bailey Richardson looked to transfer at the end of the year. She's looking to win. Uh, I would imagine that she's going to get a decent amount of playing time and try to push the, the Cardinals over the top to be at the, the upper echelon of the ACC. <clears throat> Got Abby Settlemeyer from UNC. She batted 351 last year with nine home runs, 35 RBIs, 25 runs scored. Uh, she had a 420 on base percentage, 18 walks, and 10 stolen bases. Uh, I can't remember what position Abby Settlemeyer played. Nevertheless, nevertheless, while Ashley looks that up, uh, look for Abby Settlemeyer to lead the Tar Heels. Oh, my goodness, my mic. While he fixes his little technical difficulty, it looks like Abby Settlemeyer played shortstop for the Tar Heels. Tar Heels. Tar Heels last year. Shortstop was where she was at. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. You can you can hear me, right? Yeah. All right, just making sure. Um, yeah, so look for Abby Settlemeyer to lead that offense coming this year. Um, got a Cavalier on the list and Eden Bigham. Eden Bigham was uh, – I. Eden Bigham was their one of their pitchers last year. She went 13 and six in the circle with a 2.52 ERA through 111 innings. Uh, she also had 115 strikeouts. This was all as a freshman. Go back. So you said she threw how many innings? 111. And had how many strikeouts? 115. More strikeouts. Yeah, more strikeouts per more strikeouts than innings pitched. Okay. As as a freshman. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I would look for her to take on a little bit bigger role this year, throw a little bit more innings. I don't think she, she didn't throw the most innings on her team um, last year. But, again, as a freshman, you don't really expect that. <laughs> I would look for her to build upon last year's numbers and just, you know, try to carry the load a little bit more, get some more innings. Again, another girl on a team that struggles to score. So that 13 and six record isn't really indicative of what she can do necessarily. Uh, but anyway, I would look for her to do, do some, some pretty good things this year for the Cavaliers. Uh, last on our other notable players list, we have Karina Gaskins out of Notre Dame. Uh, Karina Gaston's batted 348 last year, dropped 15 jacks, 46 RBIs, and 37 runs scored. She also almost got on base 50% of the time with a 497 on base percentage. She had 40 walks. That's what I'm talking to about. Just, to just 22 strikeouts. That's a 22 11 strikeout ratio, walk to strikeout ratio. <laughs> She's a career 984 fielder. With just 12 errors through three seasons of work. So look for Karina Gaskins to lead the Irish offensively and defensively 
this year as a senior. All right, now we're going to move into our sleeper picks for the ACC to win the ACC. You want to go three, two, one? Yeah, let's do three, two, one. All right, three. Whoa, wait, wait, say two. it on, say it after one. Well, yeah, I have to get one out of my mouth, just, and then I'm just making sure. I can't say my pick and say one at the same time. It'd be a pretty cool magic trick if you could, like a <laughs> ventriloquist. Oh man! Okay, three, two, one. Notre Virginia Dame. Tech. Mm. Ooh, okay. Tell me why you got Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame. Um, they finished I'm pretty sure middle of the pack. Um, mm-hmm. get their at large bid to regionals. So obviously not too shabby. They finished their year 30 and 19 and one stupid tie. So <laughs> dumb. Whatever. Um, but <laughs> As a team, they hit 315. They got on base almost 40% of the time, had an on-base percentage of 392. Um, Where they struggled was defense. Their pitchers, 3.39 ERA and a 958 fielding percentage. I think offensively, their numbers were there. Defensively, they slacked a little bit. Slacked? Lacked? Probably lacked. Lacked a little bit. But – they did add a couple of pitchers to their staff for this for this season, for the 2024 season, one of whom is a pitcher coming from Princeton, and she was the Ivy League Pitcher of the Year last year for the second straight year in a row. So thinking maybe she can do some hard work for them, bring the ERA down, boost the defense, and I'm thinking maybe they finish a little higher up, give some people a run for their money. Maybe okay. maybe do a little better conference play. They were eleven and twelve and one, but mainly eleven and twelve. So I'd like to see at least at least the flip of twelve to eleven or twelve and eleven. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I I could see Virginia or Notre Dame being a little bit better this year with their additions. Um, however. Virginia Tech had a better year last year with 39 wins and only 20 losses. They went 14 and 10 in conference. Um, We were talking off air earlier about some of our notable players. And you mentioned Emma Ritter. Well, I didn't mention her and other notable players because I was going to talk about her here. She is most definitely one to look out for, along with Addie Green and Bree Peck. All three of them are back this year for Virginia Tech after combining for 44 home runs, 122 RBIs, and 130 runs scored. The three of them all batted over 300 last year. As a team, Virginia Tech batted 300. They scored 350 runs, so they could they could afford to figure out how to get into scoring position and cash in on some more runs this year. But as a team, keep in mind, 44 home runs from those three players. As a team, they hit 100 home runs last year. 
So the three they have accounted they for have, almost half of their homers. Correct. So <clears throat> where they struggled last year was in the circle. Um it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like a huge struggle, but they were not at a you know a sub two ERA or anything. I actually think they finished with like a three something. Um, but both of their workhorses in the circle and Emma Limley and Molly Jacobson are back. Um, a a player to really look to make an impact as soon as she steps on campus, though, for Virginia Tech would be left freshman left-handed pitcher Emma Mazzarone or Mazzaroni. I'm not really sure. Maserati. It, it's not Maserati, not Maserati Marv. Uh, uh, but I would look for her to make an impact in the circle after finishing her senior year with a .89 ERA and 280 strikeouts. <clears throat> I like Virginia Tech. Most of their offensive production is back. They upset some people in the ACC tournament last year. I I think that if if a team is getting – I wouldn't necessarily say Virginia Tech is getting slept on after having that type of offensive year. But I definitely don't think that anybody's expecting them to win the ACC, even though they probably should. It could for sure. Like you're dropping a hundred home runs as a team and you have fifty percent of those home runs coming back. Now I just uh, I just want to state I just want to state forty four home runs from three players for Virginia Tech, one of which was mentioned, which or which was in my notes for other notable players. I do want to point out I had one there for you. But <laughs> 44 home runs, nonetheless, from three players. Notre Dame, Notre Dame had 57 as a team. I just you gotta wonder if Notre Dame finds a way to turn up their offense to almost catch up the power, catch up to the power of of the others. That's why. That's why. That's why you pick the sleeper. You you gotta watch them just come out and just. I think. Talk. I think. I think they could catch up to like a a a Duke from a from a power standpoint. Um I think maybe they could catch up to Florida State from a power standpoint. <clears throat> they ain't catching up to Vitech, baby. They not catching the Hokies. Ain't happening, Captain. That's why I choose the Hokies as my sleeper. Unfortunately for the Hokies and for Notre Dame, I think we can both agree that we think the ACC is going to turn out a little bit differently than either one of our sleepers winning. Who do you got for your ACC winner? I got back-to-back, maybe back-to-back. Oh, no. I'm going Florida State. Oh, no, I don't like it. I'm I'm going Clemson on this one. I, I, you lose Catherine Sandercock, and 
I, McKenna Reed is really good, and I think she's going to have a fantastic year. I don't think she's going to put up the same numbers that she put up last year because she didn't throw near as many innings as Catherine Sandercock did. I think having to bear that workload, we're going to see a little bit different McKenna Reed. Going to be a change of pace for her, for sure. Yeah, I, I think – Valerie Cagle and Millie Thompson, that combination. And then you add in uh, Olivia Duncan, who's probably going to get some innings. Um, <laughs> I just – I like Clemson here. Do you know how how actually it would be – I'd be okay with Clemson winning. I really would because I think it would be so cool for a program that started – in 2020 to just come out and be like, yeah, we don't, we don't even need five years to be awesome. We're just, we're going to go out here. We're going to be great. Every single year we've been a program. They didn't need a year to be awesome. No. They were awesome from the start. They've Have they, have they had 40 plus wins each year that they've been a program? I'm, I'm like 70% sure that they have. That I'm not sure, but I know they've been good since they started the program. But, yeah, I really just want Clemson to win, so I could say I was right. So, Well, that – you should want Clemson to win because you like Clemson, not because you just want to rub it in my face. I don't not like Clemson. I'm waiting on a butt. Was there a butt in that statement? No. Okay, I well, like I went and I went and looked. <laughs> I went. <laughs> Good. I went and looked to check my my memory here. The first year they were program, which was 19, 2019 to twenty twenty, they only played like twenty something games. They were nineteen and eight overall, or something like that. Then after that, they they took off and were playing full season games, and that's. They've been forty plus wins every year. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, sure we have Clemson to win it all, baby. That'd be pretty sick. Not, not necessarily the World Series. I don't know about that one, but the so ACC Clemson to win part of, part of it all. <laughs> yeah. Clemson to win a little bit. A wee bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like Clemson to win the ACC. You like Florida State to win the ACC. Again, I think that's boring. That's a stupid pick. Uh, it's not a stupid pick. It's it's a pretty smart pick. But it's it's, it's a smart pick, but it's stupid because I picked it. That's what you were going no, for, right? No, 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 no. It's stupid because it's boring. Nobody wants this. I don't, I don't want to watch Florida State win again, just like I don't want to watch Oklahoma win again. Well, I don't have to it's watch boring. Florida State win all of it. I don't have to watch Florida State win a national championship. I don't have to watch them win the ACC championship. I'm just saying there's a good chance that they're putting themselves right back in the ACC championship game. There's a good chance they're going to dogfight Clemson it with their opponent. Okay. Clemson. 
whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Uh, Ashley, where can they check us out? Check us out on social media. We got TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Chill. And Twitter. Xcore. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Yellow Ball.